This is the Bible in One Year Express, Day 65. Turn your life around. Big John had been living on the streets of London for almost 10 years. Before that, he spent over nine years in prison. Most of his teeth were missing. He was addicted to methadone. His nickname on the streets of London was Big John because he was a big guy who'd once boxed for the army. Big John walked into our night shelter for the homeless at HGB. He came with his friend Little John. Big John loved it and appreciated all the younger people who cared for him. He started coming to church. He came on Alpha. He encountered Jesus. He was filled with the Holy Spirit on the Alpha weekend. He came off the drugs. God turned his life right around, from despair to joy. He started telling his friends on the streets about Jesus. Each week, he'd turn up at church with more friends. His nickname on the streets changed from Big John to John the Baptist. One of the guys he'd met on the Alpha Weekend was in the property business and found him accommodation. A dentist in our congregation volunteered to replace all his missing teeth. He reconciled with his mother and his daughter and built a relationship with his grandchildren whom he'd never met before. Following Jesus is life-changing. He constantly turns people's lives around. He turns despair into joy. From Psalm 30 To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Call out to God who turns lives around. God can turn your life right around. God turns wailing into dancing. He removes our sackcloth and replaces it with joy. All this happens when you cry mercy. David called out to God, Help me out of this. God did. You've turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You've taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. It is amazing and wonderful to hear story after story of Jesus turning people's lives around, bringing them out of despair, setting them free from drugs, restoring marriages and changing lives, turning mourning into dancing and sackcloth into gladness. No wonder David ends this psalm by saying, I can't thank you enough. Thank you, Lord, that when I cried out to you for help, you answered me. Thank you for turning my life right around. New Testament from Mark 13 As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings! Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming, I'm he! and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumours of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. You must be on your guard. On account of me you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them and the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, 
Do not worry beforehand what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. So, be on your guard. I've told you everything in advance. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Watch out for God's great turnaround. Everything you experience now in terms of God turning things around is only a foretaste of the great turnaround that will occur when Jesus returns. The Jerusalem temple at the time of Jesus was one of the most impressive sights in the ancient world. Yet Jesus saw beyond the earthly splendor of the buildings and knew that its glory was momentary. He points the disciples beyond the architectural splendor and makes a series of prophecies about the future. First, turn around to the temple. As they leave the temple, one of the disciples says to Jesus, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Jesus says all this is going to be turned right around. He says you're impressed by this grandiose architecture. There's not a stone in the whole works that is not going to end up in a heap of rubble. Jesus prophesied the destruction of the temple, which occurred in AD 70. This may be what he's referring to when he says, Don't take this lightly. I'm not saying this for some future generation, but for this one too. These things will happen. Second, turn around when Jesus returns. Jesus' prophecies about the destruction of the temple are not just about an isolated event. They are also indicative of the whole period until Jesus' second coming, and they foreshadow what will happen at the end. He therefore doesn't limit his words to the immediate future, but continues on with prophecies about the end itself. Jesus prophesies about the events surrounding his return. Jesus warns us that as we approach the end times, things are going to get about as bad as they can get. There will be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes and famines. And these are only the beginning of birth pains. Worse is to come. The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Just before the dawn is the darkest hour. But after the darkest hour comes the new dawn. God is going to turn things right around with the return of Jesus. And then they'll see the Son of Man enter in grand style, his arrival filling the sky. No one will miss it. He'll dispatch the angels. They will pull in the chosen from the four winds from pole to pole. As Jesus speaks of the great turnaround that will take place in the events of the future, he also urges his followers to make a turnaround now in their own lives. Three times he encourages his disciples to watch out and be on your guard. Jesus wants us to turn around from focusing on the wrong things and to watch out for three things. First, deception. He warns his disciples to watch out for false messiahs who will be particularly active during times of war, earthquake and famine. Second, persecution. Jesus says there will be an intensification of persecution where everyone will hate you because of me. Third, distress. As well as deception and persecution, the last days will be days of distress 
unequal from the beginning. In the face of all this, Jesus says, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Jesus' people are encouraged to watch out and be assured that God is in control of these events and Jesus is coming back to turn things right around. Thank you, Jesus, that you are coming back. Thank you that although you came the first time in weakness and dishonor, you will return with great power and glory. Old Testament from Leviticus 14 Then the priest is to sacrifice the sin offering and to make atonement for the one to be cleansed from all their uncleanness. After that, the priest shall slaughter the burnt offering and offer it on the altar together with the grain offering and make atonement for them and they will be clean. Thank God for the greatest turnaround in history. Can God revitalize the church? Can he transform a nation? Can he reduce the crime rate and empty the prisons? Can he turn around the state of marriage and family life? The greatest turnaround in history took place on the cross through the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. What looked like an utter defeat, God turned around into the greatest victory of all time. In doing so, he made it possible for you and me to be part of God's turning the world around today in our communities. All this is foreshadowed in the Old Testament passage for today. Again and again, in the book of Leviticus, we read of the need for cleansing because of sin and guilt. Sacrifice is required. Atonement is necessary. The blood of a lamb without defect that brings atonement and cleansing from sin. The Apostle Paul explains how this all points to Jesus' great turnaround, to which the law and the prophets testify. Everything we read about in Leviticus today is designed to testify about Jesus. Paul continues, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, by his grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. As a result, you can approach God today with confidence. In this passage in Leviticus, we read of cleansing taking place through water as well as blood. This is picked up in the New Testament as a foreshadowing of how Jesus cleanses us. So the writer of Hebrews says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. He then finishes his explanation by explicitly drawing on the sacrificial imagery we see in today's passage to explain how this is all achieved. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood. This is how history is turned around. This is how Big John's life was turned around. This is how my life was turned around. This is how your life is turned around. This is how despair is turned to joy. Thank God for Jesus. Lord, thank you that you have already turned history around. I pray that you will turn our nation around. Pour out your spirit. Revive your church. Turn around the state of marriage and family life. May the crime rate fall. May the prisons begin to empty. May our cities, towns and villages be transformed. May your kingdom come. Pepper adds. 
Mildew seems to have been a big problem in the Old Testament. The treatment for it was very complicated and it involved the priest. We have damp in our house, which might be similar. I'm glad church members don't ring Nicky each time they have mildew in their home. He isn't very practical.